Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of our series, Light Up Your Night. I'm your host, Ella, and I'll be joined with our fellow host, Raiden, tackling the topic of toxic productivity. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, so hello everyone! Welcome back! <laughs> um, here I have with me my fellow host, Raiden. Hi everyone. Well, uh, just as Stella said, welcome back to the second episode. We'll be really delighted to share a new topic with you for today. And before that happens, I'd say giving a bit of an introduction to ourselves. Stella, if you would like to take the honors for that. Right, so let's start with some fun facts. Um, fun fact about me, I can actually wiggle my ears. <laughs> Make of that what you will. But yeah, that's that's a little fun fact about me. Raiden. Nice. All right. Uh, then I guess I'll go next. Uh, as you may know, my name is Rin, and the fun fact about myself is that I am left-handed. So I'd say that might be pretty uh, self-explanatory, so I'll just end it over there. Uh, other than that, Stella, any other words before we continue? Any other further introduction? Uh, no, I'm completely ready to get into the nitty-gritty of our topic today. Great, yeah. Okay. All right, so for today, what we'll be covering is a, uh, is a topic that's pretty familiar, I'd say, to a lot of students here, which is toxic productivity. Of course, when the name rings, it is something all of us have probably heard before, the journey mm -hmm. of burnout, as well as how working hard may not always have as good of an ending, contrary to what we think. Yeah. And the objective for our podcast today is to cover the many aspects of toxic productivity and why... It is really called toxic for a reason. Stella, if you would like to start off. So I think we should start off with what toxic productivity is, right? So toxic productivity, in um, my view, is working for the sake of work. It's that time where you just work hard and you don't eat, you don't sleep, and you feel guilty for wanting to take a day off. And, you know, I've heard the term hustle culture be tossed around when talking about toxic productivity. Uh, Raiden, I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, when it comes to hustle culture here, it, it's sort of under the principle of working hard, but looking good while doing it. Mm -hmm. The mentality of hustle culture is, is practically idolized here. Uh, in the environment that I grew up in, at least, hustle culture was something that was really ingrained uh, into me. And I still keep that mentality whenever I keep working. Definitely, yeah. It definitely crosses that. that yeah. And with toxic productivity, though, I feel like it, Although it is pretty much an umbrella term for many things, it can be divided into these archetypes of hustle culture, being able to try work as hard as you can with the different consequences that follow, which is probably what distinguishes these types of toxic productivity. What do you think? Definitely, definitely. There are a lot of types of toxic productivity. The one which is most prevalent, I feel, is the one where you use productivity as a coping mechanism. Uh, some may refer to it as workaholism. It's, it's kind of where you treat uh, productivity yeah. as your drug. Um, and I think that's the one that a lot of us have definitely experienced. Another one that I feel like a lot of my friends and a lot of influencers around the world might have gone through is the one where you work for a certain thrill or a passion. Uh, if you have a job that requires you to constantly produce, such as, oh, such as YouTuber jobs. Uh, I think uh, a lot of us have heard YouTubers talk about their workload and about their uh, passion for making videos, but how that kind of passion can cause them to uh, lose sight of everything else in trying to create 
constantly create videos for both personal and public satisfaction. I think it's definitely been said that they've hurt their physical and mental health, right? Yeah, definitely. I agree on that. And with that being said, I feel like toxic productivity within the prevalence of students like us, let's say, would probably have the uh, have the occurrence of a third type. Um, it's essentially where you're being pushed by everyone else, whether it may be your classmates, your teachers, or even just any sort of superior or peer, where they constantly push you to end up working harder to not fall behind at least, right? The fear of falling behind the fear of missing out is what drives the third type of toxic productivity. Mm -hmm. It sort of is a a reminder for us to keep working and working and working. So I'd say other than that, those three might be the most, uh, the most popular types of toxic productivity and which leads us to why we discuss toxic productivity today. So yeah, I think this topic is especially important since we're nearing exam seasons for a lot of schools and we really need to push the point that overworking yourself does not equal good grades per se. And I see that overworking is glorified, right? Especially uh, as Asians, we should probably know with our tiger parents and everything um, that it probably shouldn't be. Overworking is not something that we should glorify. And school doesn't really touch on topics like these. There's a lack of information on these kind of topics. So this is kind of a wake-up call for our students to kind of get their lives together. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is a wake-up call for me, too. Oh, so me, too. Yeah, the, obviously, the discussion of this, it opened a lot of eyes. So I feel like to sort of, like, to sort of further go into toxic productivity, uh, Stella, I want to ask, have you ever had a sort of working competition? Working competition? So, for example, oh, okay. uh, there, was, there was this experience uh, with mine, at least, where I'd slept for five hours working on a test i honestly don't know why i really pushed myself that hard (laughs) yeah that's but uh from the entire story the surprising thing was the people whom i was speaking to about sleeping for five hours and working my ass off to study the main response that i remember was that uh the adage is saying that oh you slept for five hours well i slept for three beat that (laughs) overworking is a competition the more you think about that Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I had this one time where my friends and I had an art exam and we would stay up the whole night. Uh, We were calling each other. And if one of us felt like tired or wanted to sleep, we would tease each other like, oh, you're getting tired now, you know. Um, And I think that (laughs) that kind of feeds into the culture of wanting to um, work harder and just stay up and get get it done, you know. And it causes people to kind of thrive on uh, the feeling of achievement from having overworked. Like if you had the least amount of sleep or if you work the most, then it suddenly meant that you would get better grades than everybody else, which is not really true. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Wait, okay, but before we go on, that is a pretty condescending social support mechanism. (laughs) <laughs> that I don't, I honestly don't know if that worked out for you. But looking at from it from my perspective, the first time of hearing that, that does not work. If if my friends and I were faced with that, I feel like it might happen in some cases. Yeah, it probably has happened, but it isn't something to keep pushing us forward. It's probably right. going to demotivate some some of my it def- friends. It definitely actually, so. pushes you forward, but it's also quite toxic. Uh, I think you could say. Yeah, um, and like, I think I've I've had a similar experience where. This friend of mine, he was probably overwhelmed with other exams because it was pretty early. 
everyone kind of caught on that he was tired, so they they started uh, teasing him about oh. that. It was 8 p.m., oh. so it wasn't as understandable. Yeah. And from there, no matter what the situation was, there was always something wrong with how much we worked. No matter if it was just the start of the night or somewhere around the end of it, it was like we weren't doing enough. There wasn't enough merit for us to really achieve there. Yeah. And I feel like this might feed into our individual mindsets, don't you think? Like after we yeah. head home after that call or after we finish our classes, it stays in our head and it doesn't disappear as easily. So I think like we end up developing this uh, this tiger mom-esque thought where no matter how no matter how hard you work, there might be someone else who does, who's like done better, right? Because there's always going to be a happening. Agree. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's like that annoying little voice in your head that just yaps and yaps and yaps and tells you you can do that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, sometimes that causes your whole being and your whole kind of soul and personality to be built on that stress. And so when you keep working and working and working, suddenly that's all you can do and that's all you can talk about and that becomes part of your identity you know you become the person uh, that's known for overworking themselves or you become the person that always has all-nighters and so when your work and your achievements become tied to your identity I think it goes into that stage where if you're not able to achieve something or if you're not able to reach the expectation of being the person who constantly get these all-nighters or being the person who's the smartest in the class and if you're not able to do that, then you could very well have an identity crisis and it could really... Yeah, you, you lose who you are in essence. So uh, I feel like I've also had a similar, uh, a similar time in which this occurred. Uh, it probably lasted for about two weeks. It, I felt pretty jaded after everything else. And from there, my entire personality was kind of built on having to succeed at something having to keep pushing and pushing and because of that it did it did take a toll on my grades actually like not to brag it, it this definitely is not a bragging thing but i was expected to score above average right like mm-hmm. yeah. um i'm it. sure a lot of us have that like sort of expectation like i'm expected to like cure cancer or something like, yeah within the field but i couldn't and my my grades dropped tremendously mm-hmm. and it's not like one of those oh i got an 80 i feel bad for myself it was way worse than that, I'd say. And one thing I did notice, though, for weeks on end, before and after the entire jaded stage, all I talked about with my friends was, oh, God damn it, I still haven't done this assignment, or I'm way too tired to end up going to class. It was the same thing over and over again. Yeah, okay, agreed. Um, I'm not the smartest in the class, so I can't exactly relate, but I definitely see it. Um, a lot of smart kids in my class just kind of lose herself in that process you know i feel like with that being said i can also tie to the fact that your merit and your value is all dependent on like what you can bring to the table whether it's applying to a university or your social standing within friend groups or in a class it's always about how much you can accomplish really Mm. and i feel like that's been ingrained for a while now uh, even in some of my friends so if you are seeing this that is a call out this comes right from you. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are saying this, yeah. wake up. <laughs> Your life is... Like, yeah, please do not overwork yourself here. But yeah. it, it basically says that, well, although a lot of us work really hard, 
And although the time may be appreciated in the form of your own personal satisfaction, which is still fine, we still might get grades that don't match the hours of effort, right? What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely agreed. It definitely takes a mental toll on you, especially when you tried so hard and you just didn't get the grade that you wanted or you didn't get what you felt you deserved. Um, And I think that can kind of weigh you down, right? There's like this sort of swirling uh, in your chest. There's this sort of uh, weight uh, and burden that makes you not want to do anything else. And it kind of ties back to just losing your sense of self. Um, With that, (laughs) if it wasn't bad already, you kind of have the guilt of not working enough. You're thinking, oh, this was my fault. You know, um, I got to do better. I got to work harder. You just, yeah, yeah, I get that. And actually, so I did want to ask, so right now we're in, uh, for the both of us, we're currently in a period where our school has us on a two-week leave. And so after that, we come to exams. Well, uh, I do want to mention, though, with the entire premise of toxic productivity, it kind of seems like school is setting us up. Because straight after these two weeks, we're going to head straight into exams. It is called a break for a reason, yes. Uh-huh. But they expect us to not do anything but study. So, Stella, have you started studying, actually? It is first day, but um, it's... Well, it's- lucky for me, I'm actually a 10th grader. So I have optional pre-IV classes instead. So I got no exams on my plate. <laughs> but I've definitely gone through that before. Um, I think during in the middle of our IGCC exams, we had this study leave where <laughs> they gave us a whole week study leave yeah right. study leave they said um here's a whole week uh you know you can rest but in bold letters they'd have in the email they'd say use this time wisely to study and review and it's a very nice kind of thought right you um i feel like as teachers you want your students to succeed but there is a break for a reason <laughs> well I feel like they might want to be doing something else by calling it a study leave. Those two words usually don't quite work together, but study leave. It feels, they give the time to you, but it still feels like you have a responsibility. Exactly. It just feels like an anchor and it feels like um, there's something you just constantly have to chase. Uh, And then, you know, when you actually take a break, that can make you feel really guilty. I've definitely went through that. Um, uh, I've went, I think, a lot of times without eating or sleeping or any social life because I was just too worried that I wasn't doing enough with my life or I wasn't being productive enough. And if I'm not being productive, then I'm going to have bad grades. But when you're doing when you're doing things and you're being productive and, for example, you're reading your textbooks, um, some of that information doesn't retain, you know, some of that information doesn't go in your head and you end up wasting your time. So it it kind of changes your entire lifestyle because you're wasting your time on the expectation that you have to be productive to succeed, you know? That went pretty deep. That went pretty deep, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, it's been a no, little no, on the table. Totally fine, but I feel like, uh, I'm not sure if this is a bad thing or not, but even for those, uh, as young as my age, and for context, I'm pre-IGCSE, so I'm only rising mm-hmm. IGCSE uh, next year. So. It is kind of a bad thing to really start that early, right? Yeah, because don't. Myself. <laughs> it's not like it's about <laughs> well, like to go on. <laughs> it, seems, uh, it seems a bit late for that. But I've had similar experiences to this as well. And uh, pretty recently, I do want to share something. Um, Yesterday, I was on a phone call with a really close friend of mine. 
Uh, it was only the first day of our of our break. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a study break. It wasn't a break break. It was just uh, it was for Ramadan. It was a oh. religious holiday, and of course, the school does abide with that. But not even on the first day, the Sunday of the last week of school, they thought that they weren't studying enough. Yeah. Uh, this friend of mine, for context, they are a huge workaholic, even with getting the like getting constant nineties and practically being class Victorian. They're still not satisfied, and sometimes we don't seem to notice how much we've really gone through, right? Yeah. We don't seem to notice that the cost behind it, right? We don't see. Yeah. We try to hide the things we have to go through. We hide it to ourselves as, as well. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had a lot of family members uh, definitely work hard to get what they deserve, but um, it comes with a cost, you know? Um, I've had them getting like bloody eyes from looking at the screen too much or working too hard or, you know, not getting enough sleep or um, they have. Wow. Yeah, they'd have like bad backs. And I think especially now in e-learning, I'm pretty sure uh, yeah. we've had a few bad backs of our own. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's good to have that feeling of wanting to study and starting earlier so you don't fret uh, later. But if it's too much on your mental health and if it can really hurt you, then is it really worth it? You know, you have to ask yourself that. No. It yeah. is not worth it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, if you if you know that you can get good grades in an amount of time for studying, then own it. You know, you don't have to feel guilty about it because you're you know you that you deserve. Yeah. Now that I think about it, actually, this definitely ties towards burnout, right? Yeah, and burnout isn't as simple as we think. It's not just being completely tired after. Uh, after school, having no willingness to do anything, but I say there's stages to it. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. Burnout is burnout is a motherfucker. <laughs> I yeah. do not there's like. No other way. There's no better way to put. There's that. really yeah. no other way to describe it. Burnout is um, kind of the worst thing I feel that can come out of this toxic productivity uh, because it bites you in the ass when you don't expect it. It it sneaks up on you. You know. I don't think anyone likes that, frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the stages uh, of burnout in mind, uh, coming from a study from 1981 that I did see, there were five stages of burnout actually, and Ooh, throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire phase, there were five different stages of burnout known as the honeymoon stage, oh. the balancing act stage, oh. the chronic stage if i'm mistaken like the chronic symptoms of burnout the crisis stage and the enmeshment stage yeah it sounds okay that just like down every every stage starting from like honeymoon that already shows like how dangerous burnout is right yeah under five stages so from here what i remember from this study is that honeymoon it's a bit self-explanatory it's marked through like a huge commitment and energy of like of what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. and Working doesn't seem like a coping strategy, actually. It seems more like a passion. Like a you, sense of comfort. Yeah. Like you just, you just put your shades on and forget the inevitable stress of taking on so many jobs or working so hard or sleeping so late. You forget about all of that. Like an actual honeymoon, the only thing that you have in mind is work. Mm-hmm. Just work and work. <laughs> There's probably <laughs> it to the first stage. Uh, 
from this uh, experience that I would like to try and tie back to for a bit, mm-hmm. I noticed that within uh, my own uh, my own journeys with academics as well as my friends, the honeymoon stage probably starts uh, at the beginning of the school year, right? You'd be yeah. really happy to, to oh. come in, see your friends, and yeah. go, oh, I actually missed that feeling. Yeah. It's really lucky that we're opening mm-hmm. back next. Feels like a fresh start. Feels like this year, you know, this is going to be our year. This is going to be my year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the year. This, we got this. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't always go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often than not, that's when the balancing act ends up coming in. You start to realize that some days are good, some days are bad because when it comes to the when it comes to the honeymoon stage, you feel like every passing minute is bliss. But yeah. as opposed to stage two, the balancing act, you let go of unbridled optimism mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, probably a, a noticeable increase of some days are better than others. So, well, I'll just give an example. I do not like Mondays. Oh. They're just like, no. Neither. Mondays and Thursdays, those are not my days. <laughs> they can Thursdays, right. Yes, yes. Because like Thursdays in particular now, because my current schedule, I've had three periods of Chinese and with that Ooh. it's not not one of my best suits per se mm-hmm. and I guess the way that we we've both started to classify the different days is that there is good and bad now we've yeah. practically let go of the honeymoon stage um, it always comes from the fact that we're not doing enough or we are missing something hence dissatisfaction right yeah it does uh it ties together. It's all coming together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because of that, uh, all right. So from so from burnout, what do you think are your personal symptoms? So the main things that you face yourself when it comes to that. Oh, burnout. Um, one of the most prominent symptom for me that I experience constantly is just having a messy room. Okay, it sounds silly, but I promise it's. I think I'm pretty sure it's tied to something deeper. <laughs> I think there's like this kind of um, let go of responsibility. So you kind of forget that you have to do all these things and you're just like, it's fine. You know, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, it's fine. There will be a time where I feel good, you know, to just take care of it. You know, I'll clean my room. It's fine. I'll do it someday. Um, but then that day never comes because burnout really kicks you, you know, it kicks you hard. Um, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's like you know your rose colored glasses start coming off, and you're like, oh, oh, you know, I, I see the red flags now. They're coming in hot. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Uh, th- wait. This actually reminds me of like that one meme with the dog in the house on fire, just saying this is. Fine. Oh yeah, it's, I, it's fine. I feel like that is that's like such an accurate representation of burnout, right? Well, for one, burn out. Oh, stop! I can't. <laughs> You can't. I had to. I had to. I had to skip it in. We already had but, a on the, in the beginning of this video. I can't. Yeah, and you, yeah, it's like you're just sitting down in this burning room, mm-hmm. and you don't care that it's burning. Yeah. There's like no disturbance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, now that now that you bring that up, I feel like I'm called out right now because outside of this camera screen, outside when, uh, outside of when people see me in my classes, the rest of my room is, it really, it really looks like it was just turned upside down. Okay. And, yeah. Same. And 
Yeah. With that, it seems, yeah, it's pretty easy to hide the symptoms of burnout from other people, which is also why I feel like toxic productivity continues, right? If no one calls us out, then it won't be as much of a problem. Yeah. You don't care. You don't see this. So <laughs> and you move on. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of considered as normal now. You know, I've seen a lot of people online say, um, like, oh, isn't everyone, like, you know, tired? Isn't everyone just, uh, quote unquote, depressed? Um, and it's like, no, <laughs> you shouldn't be. Um, that is so uh, concerning. When did you hear that? That's not right. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a trait of mentally stable people. So, girl, get in line. <laughs> um, yeah, but definitely. Is there like another? Okay, so we've gone across the kind of honeymoon and balancing act. What's that? Where does it yeah. start to like crash and burn? I thought I, I thought you saw the balancing act as crashing and burning, but there is more. No, there's there's definitely. definitely there's definitely more. So as I mentioned before, is the third stage known as the the chronic stage, which is where these symptoms start coming out. Mm-hmm. The uh, more noticeable stuff of burnout, well, publicly noticeable at least, is being exhausted, but not just any exhausted. It's chronically exhausted. So yeah. it's not like your usual. Oh, I can't help to. I can't help but not waking up for school today. It's a 24-7 type of exhaustion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like much, but yeah. it I've, yeah. gets pretty close. Yeah. Have you ever felt that? Is, like, is that something that you've experienced before? Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, be- before, this, before this break, I feel like with the expectations of school, the expectations to, like, to keep going, mm-hmm. that definitely puts a lot of chronic exhaustion to a bunch of my friends, not just me including the teachers it sounds pretty surprising but yeah including the teachers i've had teachers uh make uh, allow us to do asynchronous learning which is just they give us assignments without having to go on any calls uh, or lessons only because that they were exhausted it's yeah. happened for uh it's happened for chinese math geography mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these and actually uh, contrary to what i used to think these teachers who uh, who had been marked off as chronically exhausted to some of us or were just unable to keep teaching for that day, I thought that they were one of the like mentally strongest teachers there were because mm. like a bit of a bit of history, my math and Chinese teachers they were also here last year, and I am telling you they they saw a lot of things they saw a lot of things I won't be naming them but uh, back then, our class. Do uh, you, you want to guess how bad our class was? Oh, it was, <laughs> I'm gonna think yeah, it's try. next level bad yeah. if you're describing it that way. Next level, definitely. And because and they stayed pretty strong. They were like they were able to put up with me and with everyone else. But it was a wake up call when they ended up calling in uh, exhausted. It was a wake up call that. Well, it happens to everyone. It's a lot common than you may think. And to whoever has said that, oh, depression is normal, uh, you should get checked. You should really get checked. It's. Uh, I mean, I think we should all get checked, to be honest. <laughs> what would society be like if we all went to therapy? <laughs> probably better, yeah, if probably I'm being honest. Great. And while we go to, uh, while we all end up getting a collective therapist, we should all pr- probably go to a doctor as well since part of the chronic symptoms was just actual illness. So uh, physical illness. So 
uh, a numbness within your muscles, having flus and fevers. I did have another, uh, I had a relative as well, actually. It was a COVID scare at first, but turns out he was just really, really overworked. It was a flu and a fever that was, it went on and off for weeks now. Uh-oh. And by then, it got really concerning because uh, given our current stage, everything is online. It is online for a reason. We, uh, we should be staying vigilant of yep. the entire situation, looking out for the virus. And the culmination of physical illness it not only gives us a scare of what we may be doing wrong within the pandemic, but if we find out it, that it isn't, that could probably be the worst end to that. If, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I'd probably be a lot more entertained having being told that I have COVID instead of having my flu being a result of over, like overworking. My parents would kill me. Oh, honestly, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit superstitious, so I don't want to, you know, go, go over there and be like, it's, you know, it's better to have COVID, but it's definitely not. But, you know, yeah, there's that kind of um, uh, stigma and being scared to admit that you're overworking, you know, sometimes, uh, especially to tiger parents. <laughs> Yeah, I love my parents, but you know, sometimes <laughs> just tone it down a little, please. Yeah, down. <laughs> yeah. I need I need a break too. Um, but like, yeah, actually, yeah, even in friend groups, it is pretty. It oh. isn't as yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure, for sure. Because I don't know. As like, soon as uh-huh. one goes out with it, uh, if I may, I had this earlier on. We weren't as uh, comfortable with talking about like schoolwork and overworking, but. It all came flooding at once, just like how, well, the effects of burnout usually are. <laughs> uh, a lot of us were just revealed to be really worn out, completely, oh, yeah. completely done with school. Mm-hmm. Get that. Oh, you told that to your teachers? Oh, uh, I believe not. I'd rather not be doing that. Like, yeah, the closest right. things that I've done is asking for extensions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. couple days yeah yeah sometimes like um i feel like a lot of it's yeah it's it's definitely difficult uh especially when it all comes flooding in because i think um especially you know when teachers ask like uh, how are you guys or you know those those i don't know if you've ever had them but we used to have like these principal meetings like one-on-one with students um and they would just kind of ask you how you were doing or like there'll be a group and then uh, like the whole grade and the principal will come in, they'll be like, how are you doing? Like, are you burnt out? Like, um, like what can we do to help? And I think, you know, it's nice intentions, but it's not like anyone was going to answer, you know, <laughs> don't ask questions. You Wait, don't want to answer. You had one-on-ones with the principal. That was, that, that seems pretty lucky actually. No, like, it's, it was school- terrifying. It was terrifying because you don't really want people to know that you're, you're tired, you know, right, right. It's, it's a bad look on you. Um, if you tell the, the principal that you're tired or if you tell the teacher or a counselor that you're tired, a lot of the times that confidential information is going to go out. Um, somebody is going to hear about it. Your parents, um, yeah. <laughs> some other <laughs> snitch, you know, um, I listen, a lot of teachers, they do their work well, but snitches get stitches and they're really obvious. <laughs> Okay, do you know what would be a better way to do this? So, like, of course, if you would talk to other students about your friends, that obviously that comes out slightly better. But the thing is, our current school, uh, when we used to have offline school, 
I remember having student council members actually just go in our classes and oh check in God. on us instead of the teachers. Yes. That, yes. Does that feel yeah. worse? Does that feel worse? Oh, definitely. We had that. It was called town hall. They'd ask us how we were doing. Um, and just nobody would answer. I think um, because it's like, you know, you don't want to tell somebody, uh, especially somebody you don't really know <laughs> what you're going through. It's embarrassing. It is. It really is. Um, I'm going to put that out. But it is. It's embarrassing. Um, but I think this is definitely now uh, we got to just put it out on the plate. We got to put it on the grill. Like it's it is it is um, it's something that we shouldn't really be embarrassed of as it? it shouldn't be so stigmatized. Right. To like overwork as well as to just say that you're overworking and admit it, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to admitting uh, it, of course, if it isn't as easy, there may be a chance that we lash out towards other people when trying mm-hmm. to hide it or lashing out when we reveal it. Yeah. And actually, yeah, now I remember uh, a third chronic symptom is just being angry or being depressed or just generally ticked off at a lot of things, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're overworked, you start to notice you start to notice these little details that seem to piss you off that you never thought really would you yeah 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 like well truth be told when i was going out earlier i even got mad at how for example my books went aligned as well i'm honestly mm-hmm. not sure why but yeah yeah I, oh i so agree yeah one time um i was i was just so exhausted um and my pencil dropped to the floor and i got so mad i was infuriated i just i was like oh you know why? Why did you have to drop right now? <laughs> yeah. It's like the ticking point. It seems yeah, more understandable. Yeah, exactly. Like how disrespectful you drop on me right now. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I think right now we just gotta say, like, you know, um, wake up. <laughs> yeah. See it right now, you know, find those symptoms That's of you. burnout. Um, and before you crash and burn into the yeah. last stage, right? There was like a last last really boiling point right there yeah yeah there was like well the last last one i'd say isn't considered as much of a stage but i'll probably just go over the both of them so the last stage is the crisis stage so this is probably where you start sounding your bells and evacuate or something Mm -hmm. like this is critical like absolutely critical like it's something that would need the attention of like attention of a doctor attention of a psychiatrist because it isn't. It isn't actually as different as the chronic symptoms. Since how else worse can it get? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, surprise, surprise. It definitely gets worse. Your physical symptoms, of course, it intensifies. Uh, I do want to include uh, a few months ago. I've had family members uh, overwork themselves to the point that in the middle of the night, at ungodly hours, I would just wake up to hear. I would just wake up to hear vomiting sounds. Really, uh, you, yeah. That doesn't sound like weird. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember you did mention earlier about having uh, your family members also have these physical symptoms, like uh, having to do with blood. Yeah, like a bloody eye. Like I think there's like a vein that burst in their eye. um, And it was, it took like, I think a week to get rid of. Um, But yeah, it was a result of overworking. So. Basically, wait, that's basically just crying blood. Yeah, it's that, what? You know what? That's a lie I never thought would come true. My parents always told me, don't cry too much or else you're going to start crying blood. 
I was like, God, no, that's, that's, so that's not real. Wait, that didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think that was possible either. Like, just crying blood seems like something seems too biblical. It, it literally, it's it's something so yeah. fantastical. Um, and of course, it's not literally crying blood, but it's quite similar, and it's scary. It is so scary. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's why we gotta just kind of get a grip of ourselves and kind of stop those yep. stages of burnout and us, uh, you know, get to the root of it, which is just toxic productivity. So yes, getting back to that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we went a bit, bit is, on a long tangent there. This is really surprising, but one of the crisis symptoms mm-hmm. is a lot more common than you think. Remember when we ended up covering that part where someone's entire personality is built on pure stress, built on work, yeah. built on frustration? Mm-hmm. That is actually one of the crisis symptoms. <gasps> in word for word, obsessing about work frustrations. Oh, am I in deep trouble? That's uh it sounds um, like yeah that that sounds um <laughs> way too close to home for me uh-huh yeah. same it's like a it's like a bullet just kind of targeted <laughs> just right there and the other one is probably also a lot more common i personally don't have it anymore but your thinking processes they're entirely dominated by self-doubt you constantly think, oh, I'm not doing enough. I, uh, I'm i not doing anything at all. Or the progress I'm making is absolutely meaningless. That, that sort of uh, mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it goes back to like feeling guilty for not, and then also, you know, feeling guilty for not doing anything at all. When it is completely okay to take a break and take a rest. I think a lot of us forget that, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'd say uh, for the last crisis stage, this is uh, this is actually something that's uh, it embodies the word crisis. It within this stage, which also ties into the next stage, which is the uh, enmeshment stage. You you become an escapist. You just feel you just feel like you want to end everything when it comes to your work. You want to absolutely lose this feeling of being burned out, feeling as shitty as you are. Mm-hmm. Then from there it probably moves on to a nashment. It is an indicator of nashment where the symptoms of burnout, they're so ingrained into how you live. They practically, they practically become a part of you and yeah. not just something that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You, I'd say, really likely to have, uh, you be labeled mm-hmm. in that case. You won't just be, you won't just be called, oh, this guy has burnout. Uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Give it a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. You'll literally be taken to an asylum that's how bad it can get. Oh yeah, that's that sounds terrifying. Um, which is yeah, which is why like we could go back to like taking this stuff seriously because I feel like um, <laughs> I definitely know a few of my teachers and uh, friends and people I know that if they were to be hearing uh, this whole like burnout can lead you to an asylum, they tell me like shut up, you know, shut up. It's not that's not a real yeah. thing. They're like that's not a real thing, you know. You're just tired or you're just being lazy (laughs) well at the end of the day though well coming from students ourselves we need a voice to really remind ourselves to really remind everyone else that Mm -hmm. burnout and toxic productivity you shouldn't exactly shut out the entire world or be shutting out uh, your own future when you start to resort 
uh, two methods that I don't know may seem like you are giving yourself a bit more slack since yeah. shutting out the world and putting yourself before are really different. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think um, you know, I think sometimes it can feel dramatic. I think burnout can feel very dramatic. You're you could be mad at yourself for feeling that, but I think uh, like especially. With like you said, like with everything going around in the world, like you know, COVID, um, uh, a lot of more serious things, uh, you know, like world hunger and wars and everything, it can feel really silly to be so so uh, focused on something like, you know, feeling exhausted and feeling like, like you don't want to do anything. Completing something the next day. Yeah, but but it's like I think you kind of have earned the right to be dramatic, you know. Um, but at the because, same time, yeah, I feel like you you definitely also have a right to take action. There's no way we can keep going uh, and pushing ourselves into this entire cycle of overworking, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. well, coming from the both of us, Stella, uh, you can go ahead with yours, but what else have you tried to do to overcome toxic productivity? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think one thing that I would... Um, I don't do this right now, but I hope to, and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to. <laughs> Let's put that on record so we don't forget. Um, but I think something really hard to admit is that you have to not procrastinate. Like, wake up, y'all. Wake up. Um, I know, I know some people, like if my friends are listening to this, wake up, don't procrastinate, <laughs> get your shit together, um, and let go. I mean, I want, my, I want myself to be listening to yeah, this Yeah, exactly. Right now. Listen up, future me, like me from one hour later. Um, don't procrastinate if you've got work. Uh, and just, you know, yeah, get yourself together. Hold yourself accountable. Um, because Preach. if you, if, of course, you don't want to feel guilty uh, for not doing anything, but when you know that you can start now and you can do something now, uh, instead of doing it tomorrow, um, I feel like you could break up that work into tiny little pieces. You know, you can, uh, for example, you have to read all 18 chapters or study all 18 chapters. Well, you can start with half a chapter today and then continue with half a chapter tomorrow and then so and so forth. Um, and I feel like that makes it easier, you know. And um, I feel like sometimes when you don't want to procrastinate and you want to start studying or you want to start doing something today, you kind of set these really huge goals for you to accomplish. Like, have you ever did that? You know, like you'll be like, oh, I'm going to finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like three chapters a day. I'm going to finish um, this, 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 this today. But no, you, you have to kind of get grounded and set realistic goals. Don't lie to like, yourself. I gotta, honestly, I got to stop lying to myself. Like early yeah. on today. <laughs> I early on today, I'm I was planning to rewrite a bunch of notes for all my subjects. Mm-hmm. Oh. I I kind of had the audacity to think that I would do one a day. That did not huh. work out well, considering that I I had one today, but I was sort of I was backtracked because I realized that there was uh, there was homework for that one, that, that one subject, mm-hmm. and I was well I was thrown off, but luckily I did make a bit of progress. So at the end of the day, holding myself accountable, I didn't exactly finish the entire list of notes that I wanted to accomplish, but mm-hmm. one chapter helps. It's a yeah. progress, right? Yeah. It you gotta take those baby steps. And I think this the smaller goals um and more realistic goals that you set, the better you feel when you achieve it. You know, it's like, oh I I did something today and I I achieved my goal. And that kind of brings up your motivation and morale for the next few days where you continue to achieve your goals. 
Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that sounds that sounds really hard to do. You know, like maybe from coming out of our mouths, it sounds like bullshit <laughs> because it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's easier said than done. But you know, I feel it ain't like much, but it's honest work. Yeah, it's honest work. You gotta keep going. Um, and um, along with that, you have to kind of pace yourself as well, right? Uh, okay. Right now, I like to take a bit of time outside of the actual podcast uh, i know a couple of friends i know one very very particularly who needs to be hearing these words right now but <laughs> you need to go you, you really need to go and pace yourself because the the funny thing is the only reason why i'm addressing this person in particular is mm-hmm. they've repeated the same advice to me multiple times and they don't seem to follow through with it themselves oh my god I've, yeah mm-hmm. i've done it before yeah i have done it before in my defense but but I've it's still not really an excuse all right for the person who's be, who's listening to this I'm still talking to you right now <laughs> yourself you really have to Ooh, and, uh, all right end of end of like this small just small mini rant but with the uh, premise of setting these realistic goals for yourself and the satisfaction as you said it gives you passion yeah uh finding this passion to work it does keep you going and it doesn't make you uh, overwork just for the sake of completing something and who knows if you're a lot more passionate with what you do you take a quicker time to it you but at the same time you go through it very meticulously you pride on your work for that for mm-hmm. example um, giving yourself breaks i have learned this technique recently it's called the pomodoro technique when studying so just mm-hmm. 25 minutes then if i'm in a break mm-hmm. but uh passion for working it can accompany it can be accompanied with music so let's say if you really like studying uh, a certain language such as japanese korean or something you may accompany yourself by listening to its music or uh watching tv shows from there like anime it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it music sounds like always it gets me going it's um and i don't even watch a lot of ghibli movies but their music is is great it's, it's beautiful yeah i honestly for that kind of music i just get distracted like like when studying i'd say it really does come different to a lot of people whether you what do you like listen to like aggressive music when doing it or yeah. something to keep your mind at ease it helps finding a passion finding a silver lining in work mm-hmm. no matter how bad it can be it always works out yeah uh, another piece of advice that i would like to bring up it ties back to something that Stella's mentioned earlier is you cannot go with the fact that self-worth is equal to productivity that is absolutely untrue oh, yeah. that's, that. yeah. that's not a nice mindset to have um i think now we can call it kind of as like a toxic mindset it's not it's not the best um <laughs> we probably shouldn't have it because at the end of the day like there's you know you're a human being um and your life is not worth uh having to break yourself you know like you're not worth of right yeah. yeah your your productivity is, does not equal to your self-worth even though it might feels like it even though like sometimes you feel like you're again like your identity is tied to being um stressed or to being the smart person or to just you know being that person who achieves all their goals but it's it's not you you know so you kind of have to let go of those ideals of having to be that person who achieves their goals all the time or having to be that person who keeps churning out 
uh, <laughs> things like, like the best results, right? Yeah. yeah. Like to put it like I guess to put it the best way, you can't. Uh, okay, so let's say running for president, you can only do that once. You can't mm-hmm. constantly run for president. So yeah. just keep that in mind. You aren't always required to work as hard as you always do, right? Mm-hmm. Being satisfied, you need. You also probably need to let go of the fear of not being better. Yeah. Uh, you need to let go of. Well, I did read this thing uh, a few days ago, but it's not about how. It's not about how much you manage to accomplish in total, or like, uh, or the merit that you accomplish uh, within a certain day, but it's the fact that of how much you can accomplish. So it, mm. it seems a bit complicated, yeah, but probably it goes to with the fact that, for example, uh, you need to kind of take in the context. So let's say day one, uh, you manage, day one, you managed to hit uh, personal records when working out you've slept a good nine hours and came to all your classes, got your meals good. I mean, it sounds like, okay, if I'm being honest, it sounds like a lot, like the bare necessity for me, but it, this is an example. This is an example. You have good standards for that one day. <clears throat> but day two comes, absolutely throws you off. Uh, you wake up late for school. Yeah. And, and because of that, you sleep in a lot. But then at the same time, well, you just managed to get through and everything it's still on track all the difficulties and to me both those days are satisfactory because for both it always means you've put in your full effort for it and no matter what happens well of course you've done everything you could Mm -hmm. the rest could probably be out of your control yeah what do you think yeah definitely agree like you're not a robot (laughs) You're not a factor. You're not always going to create beautiful things. You're not always going to have uh, beautiful days. And that's okay because, you know, like we might get a little cheesy here, but like you are enough. Just you being there, (laughs) existing is enough. Um, And so you kind of have to let go of, you know, feeling like you want to, you have to constantly improve. You have to constantly be better the next day because you don't. You know, you don't owe it yeah, to, like, to be better. Getting through the day itself is good enough. Like, you got this. So you can go yeah. through the next one just fine. Yeah. And actually, okay, I, I really hate to do it. I, I really hate to do this again, but I'm calling out the same the same person as I did before. <laughs> the same person. This, this person. I am really so sorry. I had, like, I'm, I'm just looking out for them, all right? I, I hope this person is okay. <laughs> they are. They are. They are. Like they really are. But to, to let go of these ideals for toxic productivity, you really got to let go to like the entire fact that you aren't working hard enough or you shouldn't be satisfied yet. Let go of all of that. It is a mm-hmm. shitty feeling. Please do not hold that accountable. And actually, this probably is applicable to the both of us as well or the rest of our viewers in that yeah. case. Definitely. And from there, yeah, I'd no. kind of like to make, uh, this might be probably the only other actionable item that i can think of is you the world isn't going to stop for you right there isn't like some sort of off switch that you can do although i'd want it pretty badly yeah that's not possible agree like there's always something that you're going to have to do or something that you have to chase or a goal that you're going to have to achieve right yeah 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 and from there the world isn't going to stop for you if you're going to be burnt out it's not going to stop for you if you 
stay up overtime or continuously work yourself to the core. So you're the only one who has the power to do that. The world won't do it for you. So you kind of <laughs> got to do it yourself. Yeah. Right? As like superhero-y and as cheesy as it sounds, it's true. Yeah, I got to say. Yeah, take control of your life, you know? Yeah, definitely agree. Get it together. Get it together. Get it together. together. So I guess you got to put yourself before the rest of the world. As egotistical as it may sound, uh, the way that we'd like for, for you to take this is that the world, uh, it, is, it isn't really as important as you may think. It's probably going to have to be putting your own health above all of that and putting your own expectations above everyone else's, right? So letting go of um, letting go of having this sort of facade that you have to put up or yeah. this sort of attitude that you got to bring to to wherever you're going. It's, it's really dependent on you, right? No one else, just you. Wow. And on that note, <laughs> I think we've kind of reached our limit <laughs> our conversational limit as well as um i think our viewers might be a little tired of listening to us talk <laughs> but yeah i hope uh through this heartful and very lovely talk about toxic productivity i hope y'all have learned a little bit more about its dangers and its causes as well as um how we can prevent it and how we can uh avoid continuing this toxic trait um but yeah with that uh thank you all for listening this has been a wonderful episode we are your host Ella and Brayden and that is it for today's episode of light up your night good night or afternoon or morning whichever you choose <laughs> bye <laughs> yeah bye everyone and I just and once again godspeed